0: Wow. Oh, year three, JoLynn. It has, uh, yeah. wow. There, there, there's a lot of, it's been a, a of... hoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hoot. Like, you know, a serious hoot. Wait, whoa. Okay. We got the gloves going on. Yes. <laughs> you know, I just needed a monochromatic moment. So here we okay. go. Well, it's nice to have you back. I mean, I hope that everything was good for you. But uh, you ready to, like, you know, end 2022 with a bang?
1: Yeah, I'm ready, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. I'm ready. <laughs> my all heart? right.
0: Well, you know, all I know is the champ is here. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> cue that intro. Hello. So what's good, everybody? I am Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, and good friend in all things Galactic, and of course, very leisurely, I mean, clearly, give it up for none other than the wonderful...
1: Oh, Lord have mercy. It's Jalen G.C. in the place to be, coming straight back from the motherland. And let me tell you, I'm still on South Africa time, so for me, it is whatever time but the next day. So it feels like it's like 3.30 a.m.
0: So, you know, we're both a little jet lagged. Well, yes, you know, how me, a little jet lagged. You, on the other hand, you're just in a whole different space. But, you know, we're going to push through it because we got to, like I said, we got to end this year off on a bang. And, you know, there's no other way to do it. Uh, so, all right, so... If you didn't know, yesterday uh, it was an amazing show. Uh, it was the premiere of Lawrence's um, the market, you know, Monday my, Monday night uh, talks. Uh, so pretty much, it's going to be so interesting because of the fact that you know it's it's it kind of like frees us to be able to go on and talk about other subjects while also, you know, giving an An amazing individual with an amazing platform, uh, and on top of that, knows what he's talking about, is still always and forever will be a student of the game. And so it was amazing just gracing the stage with him yesterday in Atlanta. The Mm -hmm. only thing that sucked about it was I couldn't stay there longer. Um, I had some other obligations back home uh, that I had to quickly get back to. But, you know, if I said I'm going to be there, you know, I'm going to do my very best to show up. So it was amazing. We rocked the stage, we rocked the mic people got to see exactly how tall I really am, all that other good stuff. So, (laughs) you know, people don't realize like, you know, the monitor, my monitor like literally sits at where my, where my hat is. So
1: it makes you look short. I mean, but you know, us being tall and everything is just like, people just get so confused. They're like, what are you really that tall? I'm like, yes, I am.
0: yes indeed well let's get to it so if you haven't subscribed yet go ahead and hit the subscribe button down below and on top of that if you want to be in the know just like who was it today who was it who was it? who was it who was it? Who it ladies and gentlemen drum roll please hold on
1: let me find them oh i got it
0: Uh oh who? who is it it was king rail in the building talking about yo fam what's good with you my guy shout out to you king rail because you had your notification bell turned on and you've been a huge supporter of the channel, and we definitely love your energy and vibe. So thank you for supporting us and being first in the chat. We see you, and hey, that's that's kind of dope to go out on the you know the ABS year finale. So, ha, you know we out here. All right, so uh, yeah, and on top of that, if you like you know the vibe here at the Come Up series, you know just be gracious and hit that like button. We totally appreciate it. But you know if not, it's okay i have a feeling that you may like it by the end of this episode so jolynn how did we do in these markets you know you know this is the last time that you you know that i guess we'll probably do this for the end of for for 2022.
1: oh my goodness totally okay Hmm. well what do we have here we have the dow the dow is up it was up you know by a little sprinkle three point 07 points. We're now at 33,852.53. And S&P 500 was negative 6.31 points. So now we're at a little bit, a little below 4,000 at 3,957.63 points. The NASDAQ was down negative 65.72 points. We're now below 11,000. I don't know why the NASDAQ wants to play these games, but whatever. We're at 10,983.78 points. The VIX is currently at 21.89 points. And let me see. The U.S. tenure was negative 0.008, but mm. we are now um, at 3.74%. So... Mm. You know we've been maintaining close to that level um heading over to sector performance as you know you know it's 2022 and there are still 11 sectors well there are b12 yeah there are 11 that's such a weird number anyway we have real estate energy and financials holding it down for the top three and then the bottom three consumer discretionary utilities and technology um heading over to our Sips, if you don't know um, where to find those, you can go to the uh, our Instagram page on at that come up series and you can scroll through and find our pics, a.k.a. the Sips. And I would tell you what was what, but my CNBC app um, totally crashed with my playlist. And so now it's just all a mess. But let me just shout out a couple that I see that um, really were in the top. So we have um, American Express mm-hmm. was up two point three five percentage points. We also have UPS up two point seven seven percentage points, and mm-hmm. um, the Van Eck Oil um, ETF was up two point three three percent. You can like energy was just up, obviously. I think that's I think that's,
0: um, I think that's uh, OIH, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, OIH. Um, yeah. and let me just note some ones that were in the bottom. So in the bottom, we had Apple at negative 2.11%. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see, what else do I see? Amazon was down as well, 1.63%. And you can tell because consumer discretionary and, um, technology were both down. So all of the mm-hmm. market leaders in those sectors, they didn't do well today, um,
0: quite, uh, I frankly. think T-Triple-Q was also down by 2.44%. And I think that yeah. probably topped it off as it pertains yeah. to the negative.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, the bottom. Yeah. So, I mean, we're coming towards the end of the year. So, you know, we just have to keep an eye on how things play out. But right now, what everyone really should be focused on, Mark, is what that trajectory is looking like for the next three to five years. So now is the time of year, like if you have, this is a perfect time to start doing your own research to form your thesis heading into 2023 Mm -hmm. um you know 2022 was it was it was it was a it was a time (laughs) so you know now start thinking about like what's going to lead the way you already know how i feel about that you know stock bay um aka smh i mean i don't even know what to say like it's
0: it's actually it looks- funny because I mentioned that last night. <laughs> they were saying, "What what is your pick for, what is my pick that I'm bullish on mm-hmm. for 2023? And I said the semiconductor space I'm bullish on.
1: I mean, well, semiconductors are foundational. So, I mean, without them, nothing's going to be popping off in the tech sector anyway. So, it I mean, know. if you really are about that tech life and innovation, then SMH is, is and forever will be my stock bay. So... That's where I'm looking at for next year, um, and I'm still in that my research process. So all through December, when we're offline, that's what I'll be. Um, that's what I'll be doing. Like I don't celebrate holidays, so I won't get distracted by holiday shenanigans or anything like that. So that's what I'll be doing, Mark. What are you going to be doing during the December time?
0: Uh, you know, I've got a lot of things that I've been working on lately, and I'm you know I'm going to give a little slight little insight to what is it that I have got going on. You know. 2023. Um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna start getting in my, I think I'm gonna start getting in my recording bag. Okay, okay, I see. So you know, we got a few, we got a few startups that are, you know, mm-hmm. you know, finally coming to the stage. There's that part
1: confetti, confetti and then on top
0: of that. Yep, yeah, confetti, confetti. Like, Lord, confetti. Just, just dump the whole dump truck of confetti on me by this point in time. Um, I mean, then pretty much just closing out the year for a lot of the things. And then of course, you know, checking my own thesis for multiple different uh, facets. 2023 is gonna be a lot of transition for me, especially when we get to the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just mentally preparing for a lot of the things that are just getting ready to to hit my street, so.
1: Yeah, I feel you on all that. Oh wait, I need to shout out um, cousin Jasmine and her husband because I totally went to Zimbabwe on a whim. It just happened to work out. And the first <laughs> night I'm, I attend this BOMA, which is a traditional Zimbabwean dinner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm about to throw down, about to eat all the food, drink all the drinks, live life. And I hear this, I hear a little voice that says, Jolene. And now I'm just straight. Like whenever I hear that, I know it's someone like asking, you know, asking me if, if it's me. And I turn around and it was Jasmine, um, Our come up cousins um, From the UK So shout out to the UK If you are here, you know Throw up your flag, throw up your set um, And <laughs> it, was, it was just really nice to meet someone Her husband is actually from Zimbabwe So that was actually, you know Cool to meet someone from there While they're, you know, living life So that was really cool So shout out to you, Jasmine, and your
0: husband Okay, alright So, you ready to get into it? Yay! Okay, so 2022. Been living under a rock in 2022 or just like completely a nomad. So the Fed literally got into its tightening mode as well as its rate hike mode. So pretty much what took place. So we saw uh, 50 basis points and then a series of uh, 75 basis point moves. And when we say series, four of them that followed. And then, of course, they started doing quantitative tightening as well, which was pretty much removing things off of its balance sheet. Um, And then the markets reacted. Of course, we had other things that were transpiring, say for example, the reason why energy's up because of the fact of oil production that was not produced as highly at the end of 2021 and then they finally got started in production in early 2022, but by that time it was like okay. And then of course Russia and Ukraine started beefing with each other, so of course that played on to commodities which, you know, spiking up prices. Um, And then on top of that, what we saw in the tech sector where we saw a lot of oversupply, especially since, you know, during the pandemic, there was not enough supply. So a lot of companies had to like literally get back onto the horn and literally start supplying. And then they find themselves with so much supply that ultimately it drove down demand, which also killed prices which we're probably starting to see during the holiday season. So if you did Black Friday, Cyber Monday shopping, then you probably noticed a significant slash in prices. So there was that. Um, Let's see here. Um, We had a few elections that took place as it pertains to the House now being controlled by the Republican uh, side of the party. And then, of course, we have the Democrats maintaining the Senate. Uh, for now uh, as it pertains to I think that we we still don't know what the results are from Georgia I think I think it was just the early voting so we're still waiting to find out how that happens but it sounds like it's gonna be a split with ultimately the split decision it's either gonna be a split or an overall control uh, from the Democratic Party so they'll control the Senate and Republicans will control the house which you know there's also the stage in which we'll probably talk about the landscape but not really get into the whole politics thing in 2023 mm-hmm. But you know, to kind of like give some insights there, and especially in how it affects markets as well as businesses. Um, let's see what else happened. Oh yeah, uh, rate hikes. Remember what we talked about though? So interest rates and in mortgages went high. I think we reached to a seven point um, two three percent,
1: which is mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was the spike of the century. Um, Let's see here. Inflation waged on and got very much so out of place and out of pocket very, very fast. Um, I mean, honestly, there was just a lot that was happening. It was like, we went from pandemic and then we were like, okay, we look around, the coast is clear. And then of course you walk around and you think that you're good. And then next thing you know, you get sucker punched by inflation. (laughs) And so the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) I think that's the best way that we could wrap up what 2022 was for the market, which was, was the gift market. that keeps on giving. <laughs> it was. I mean, if you were shorting the market, then you probably had a phenomenal year. We saw the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ definitely go into bear market territory. S&P 500 still sitting, like I think, within correction territory. NASDAQ, on the other hand, still sitting in bear market. I think the same thing that we could possibly say about small caps um, a lot of the SPAC companies got crushed. A lot of the companies, even for, even some of the top tech companies, got crushed. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorites, Tesla, has been taking an Uber beating. And oh yeah, there's this also this other thing that took place during the year. The founder, or well, one of the founders of Tesla, aka Elon Musk, bought Twitter. Huh? Interesting. We had a few companies go bankrupt. <laughs> Uh, really, really quickly, uh, and it was kind of like a domino effect. Uh, I'm probably sure that there's going to be some some fraudulent uh, cases that are going to come up there. Uh, cryptocurrency got crushed as well. It got it kind of traded alongside with the Nasdaq. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the year of review. But then at the same token, we had some bright spots there. Of course, we had energy up. We had healthcare, and I think we also had like I think for a slight moment there, we had. Materials also doing its thing for a hot second, um, and a few other players. So it's been a. It, it depends upon where you were. I mean, it was either a good year or it was a terrible year, or in some cases it could be like a, meh, even kill. Um, all in all, there was a lot to learn and a lot to wrap up within that process. So, you know, like for example, Meta came out with a fifteen hundred dollar pair of headsets. That uh, consumers thought that they should buy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When in reality, nope. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Um, And then on top of that, it's like, you know, a lot of the spending across the board has significantly come down. We're starting to see a lot of layoffs take place. Especially it sucks because of the fact that it's, you know, during the holiday season when people spend time around their families. It's cold outside. And on top of that, you know... You got family coming into town, you got kids, you know, or you other me. responsibilities. It's it's just a it was just an interesting way to kind of like wrap up 2022. And you know, if a person's literally sitting here for the first time listening in, they're like, uh man, this is very gloomy. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the interesting part about it. Like, you know, when we think about like these types of things that what we've seen in a year like this, it kind of makes you sit back and kind of like take it all in. And put it into perspective and context. So, like, for example, you've had two, well, three solid years within the stock market from 2019 to 2021. And it's kind of like that moment where it's just like, okay, hey, let's take a breath real quick. The market, as we all know, is still headed towards an upward trend trajectory journey but in the grand scheme of things in this year alone and sometimes when you like look at a year sometimes it can like show you that oh well that happened but then after that it's like you kind of like start to see that you know over time you know in the grand scheme of things it kind of like just represents a small blip on the screen now of course does that impact people in the in that interim time period of course but it's always that interesting thing where you look at it and you say i wonder You know, during that moment, when we reach that moment of capitulation, do people really start to look at the opportunities? Now, of course, here's the reality to it. You're going to have a bunch of folks that are going to literally fall off. You're going to have a bunch of folks that are going to literally say that this is not for them or whatever it is. And that's okay. But then there's going to be those other folks that are going to literally stay the course and and continue on in their journey. And then you're going to probably see a differentiation as it pertains to the two paths that have now diverged. And I think that that's where we're kind of looking at right now when we think about where this where the landscape is as it pertains to retail investors. You know, it's really going to set the stage as it pertains to, okay, hey, I've stomached at 2022, okay, which was a terrible year, but I also had two phenomenal years before that, which was a pandemic. Uh, you know, all three of these things are kind of like domino effects of each other. So now it's the question of where do we go from here? Now that the market has like started to take into in, take in, You know, exactly like, okay, hey, well, you know, we got to get back to some form of normalcy. I think that we're still headed there. And I think the biggest thing is instead of just looking at the markets as a whole or just looking at, like, say, for example, a specific, you know, index, I think the best way to do it is this is the moment where you start to look at the business. Mm -hmm. This is where we start looking at the businesses. But, you know, just to keep it simple for everybody, because you know i did put together some like some trends as it pertains to what we'll probably notice in 2023 so i think that inflation is still going to be here i mean i think that you know come on that's a, i think that's a duh item it is inflation will still be here and now will it be as running rampant as it did this year i don't think so i think that we'll we'll probably be headed towards a more deflationary environment okay so with that you know could the bear market stick around maybe just for a slight little bit where we start trading within a channel or within a range. But then after a while, you'll start to see that other areas like, you know, even though Jim Cramer hasn't been fully right this year, he has been right on some of the other things, which remains tried and true. There's always a bull market and a bear market somewhere. So there will be opportunities in other spaces. So I do believe that that could could definitely be a thing in the early part of the year. But then after a while, I believe on the second half of 2023, the market shakes that off. Um, let's see here. Bonds are probably going to be here just as much as the bear market. Um, of course, we've already seen layoffs. I think that we could probably be seeing more of those in 2023, just as a heads up. Um, the biggest question I think that a lot of folks are going to be asking, especially from a lot of the you know the folks that have been holding on to this promise as it pertains to its future, we're really at an inflection point of what's the, st- what's the next frontier for, for crypto is crypto really here to stay and can it recover given all the things that we have seen or is crypto going to fall apart? So, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but you know, I think that we're also going to see like, for example, the renewables market. So like, you know, renewable energy and those types of things, I think that those will start to, you know, really be a little bit more so in focus. Um, Let's see. I think that, you know, when we think about workspaces, so you're going to see like a hybrid, uh, hybrid space there. But then also, here's an interesting thing, an interesting take that I want everybody to keep in mind. We're also going to see the rise of robotics and AI when it comes to other business models. And I think that we could possibly be seeing it make its way even further in the financial market space. So, for example, when we think about financial advisement, when we think about like even hedge funds, where you start seeing more AI advisors start to take place. We've already seen that there's AI-based ETFs where the ETF is managed by AI, so it's going to be interesting. Where I think that we'll probably start seeing more of that as an as a trend. Um, so those are just some of the things in which that I see that are really going to be just on the immediate horizon for 2023. The questions that everybody walks into 2023 and asks.
1: Question. Yeah. Questions. Okay, so if we're looking at you know all these areas to look at. Um, then what what is the best way to formulate a thesis, like looking at some of the things you just mentioned?
0: I'm glad that you mentioned this because it literally leads me into, I'm actually going to do a share screen today, which is rare, but, you know, hey, I believe that ready, it's necessary. Ready. So one of the things that I give to a lot of my startups that, you know, that are within, you know, the FTC brand, is, you know, we try to get them to focus in and hone in on, you know, business models, value propositions, and product market fits. You know, if you're a startup, remember those three things that I just wrote down or that I just said. Uh, business model, product market fit, and on top of that, value propositions.
1: Mark, you should take us off screen so this could be bigger because it's kind of small.
0: Oh, okay. Not a problem. Boom. Is that better? Yeah, a little bit. I can do this. Is that better? Even better. Okay. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, screen resolution and everything else. I like to read things, like, really, really small. (laughs) 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 I know, I'm weird like that. Um, So here's the reason why. If you literally look at this canvas, it's pretty dope because of the fact that you can literally kind of, like, hone in and get a clear understanding of, you know, what am I looking at? And one of the reasons why I like to choose Apple a lot is because of the fact that it's so well known. It's, you know, it's something that easy that everybody can pick up and understand. So, you know, I think that that is is perfect. So when we think about it, like, you know, these are the typical questions that anybody is ever going to ask you that from a pure investment standpoint basis of what makes a solid business. So you have key partners your key activities, value propositions, customer relationship, channels, customer segments, cost structure, and revenue streams. So these are the things in which that really like are the meat or the, are literally the structural bones to making a business model. It like literally shows you what, what is it that they do or how is it that they do it and why they do it. So we're gonna do a quick breakdown of this, um, if I might. Um, so that way we can share, uh, and you can still see my screen, correct? So that way, yeah. Okay, because I want to make sure that you know, nothing's. You know, I want to make sure I can still see like <laughs> the production, just in case there's a comment. Like, one of you send me a message. All right, so let's get to it. So first, starting off with let's say you know the key partners, right? So if we look at the key partners as it pertains to Apple is concerned then we know it's manufacturing partners. Manufacturing partners all day for Apple. Now, if you notice, like, you know, Apple has become world-renowned when it comes to a supply chain and logistics. And that's the reason why, because that plays a major part. If that domino ever falls apart, then you know that that produces a major challenge for a company like Apple. And then, of course, their other part that's their key—that's a key part of their of their business is the cell phone carriers. Did you know that a lot of the cell phone carriers that literally partner with Apple, they literally buy out the phone from Apple? So that way it's like if there's if you're paying, let's say, T-Mobile or Verizon or any of these other carriers, you know, on a monthly for the phone, they've already bought it out. So they're now like how they make their money back is they charge you somewhat of a premium on that monthly. So that way they're getting it back on the interest side as it pertains to something that's profitable over, I think it's the next year and a half or two years. Um, depending on you know what your cycle looks like so then let's get into some of the key activities what are the key activities of Apple it's always about new product development hands-down period nothing else needs to be said there right hmm okay so then let's get to the other part which is the marketing Apple spends a ton of money when it comes to its marketing and why because it's all about the messaging it's all about essentially especially if we're selling a, a high-end device it's all about the messaging in the sense that, like Tim Cook always says, we make devices that you never thought that you could live without. It's crazy, right? So let's let's get a little bit further into the weeds, shall we? Like if we think about like, if we go a little bit further um, on Apple and, and I'll, I'll try to get past some of this stuff. So like, for example, if we look at the key resources, intellectual property, operational systems, digital platform, um, and then of course, Uh, other related areas there. So their intellectual property is huge, which makes it a proprietary item. And then of course, brand, brand recognition, which ties into the marketing. Then let's look at value proposition. So when we think about value proposition, right, what makes value proposition really stand out is the fact that it's not just in the sense of, okay, hey, this is just a valuable product. Whenever you bring a value proposition to an investor or anything like that, it's more so in the sense of what's the value for me as a buyer, one, and then what's the value for the customer? Like why, Where's the, what value do you provide to the customer? And so here are Apple's value propositions, premium high-end products and experience. So you know that like, like one of the things that, you know, Apple was always tried it for, which was the lack of innovation. But the thing is that where Apple, if you could say that where Apple lacks an innovation, They gain, say, for example, as it comes to the user's experience. So with an Apple product, it's like, okay, hey, you know, it's going to work versus somebody who's going to be ahead of the curve and literally try to be forward thinking and innovative. And they're going to try something and spend a lot of money towards trying then ultimately for it to be in its first iteration for it to probably fail or for the market not to be ready for it. So when Apple releases a product, they know that the market is ready for it and essentially they say, okay, hey, well, we'll release this feature to this product because we know that the market is now ready and everybody would be willing to utilize this part. Like think about it. If you look at the notch on the new iPhone 14 Pro, like that is literally slightly disappeared, but they now call it the dynamic island. Well it's interesting because it really makes you ask the question, could Apple have done that all along? And the answer is yes. But the question is, was the market ready for that yet? Was the technology also ready for it? And then we talk about an ecosystem of interconnected services. Now, this has pretty much been Apple's world-renowned, you know, thing in which that, you know, like Android, where it's like when you're in the Google system, you're in the Google system. But then when you top when you top off, like adding Samsung on top of the Android, now you have two different ecosystems. Whereas with Apple, it's just one ecosystem, and all those devices pretty much interconnect and they talk to each other. And that's why they say when you try to upgrade or you try or when you try to leave Apple, it's hard to leave Apple because of the fact that you're still locked into the ecosystem. And then, of course, access to iPhone and iPad user base. You know, that's a huge thing where it's just like, OK, hey. And I think that, that kind of like ties into the ecosystem. So then, of course, I mean, a lot of these things people know, but these are the huge things that are value propositions across the board that I mean, if you know this, then kudos to you because of the fact that this is like you get it. And that lets you know that Apple has done a very good job. To make sure that you know, hey, you get it. Now, of course, the relationship with their customers is they love the brand, and of course, Apple Care. Their channels are apps, uh, Apple stores, and app stores, and iTunes. Very simplistic. It's very simplistic. One of the main things that I tend to find when I see businesses that are kind of like struggling is they have multi-channels, and essentially, it's like, okay, hey, focus on the one thing or the very few things that you do very, very well, versus trying to focus on so many different levers in which that you may not do them all very well at all. Um, So then we get to customer segments. So of course, we got product buyers, service subscribers, and app developers, and music and video producers. So the reason why we say music and video producers is because, of course, you know the iTunes music or iTunes that now has become Apple Music. And then, of course, now you have Apple Plus or, yeah, I think it's Apple TV Plus, um, where essentially they're now doing even further content as it pertains to video. So that's huge, because that's still a growing phase, and look at how many, I forgot how many awards they won, but now they're starting to compete with the likes of, let's say, the Prime Videos and, of course, the Netflixes and the Disneys of the world. And then, of course, service subscribers, I mean, that's the revenue that's now starting to supplant itself significantly, and the interesting thing about these areas is, you're going to start seeing that, you know, for example, services literally has, I think it is the second largest behind the second largest revenue driver right behind the iPhone itself, which is crazy. Okay, so then let's get to the cost structure, operational costs, and marketing and branding. So it's kind of interesting where we say, like, for example, here in the key activities, the key activities kind of go with cost structure, which would make sense, right? Because operational expenses and all those other things, that's really the the driver. And then, like we said, the revenue streams are product sales and high-price tech service subscriptions, recurring revenue. And of course, app and media revenue. So let me give you a quick uh, breakdown of this. So app and media revenues, that's a 30% cut that they take from app store developers. So since the reason why it ties kind of like into the story of the day, which draws into Elon Musk. So, and well, not just Elon Musk, but also Epic Games and many of the other app developers out there. Because if you think about it, these are major, like the app developers make up a significant portion of Apple's base right? Without Apple, then a lot of these dominoes start to fall or not really fall, but they, they can literally be significantly impacted. So the app developers represents a huge space for app for Apple. Now you're taking a 30% cut from their revenues. So, which means that, you know, not 10%, not 20%, but 30, that could be huge for some of the companies out there. So again, that's something which it's a revenue stream but it can also be an area of risk for apple
1: 30% now for, hold on mark it's 30% once the app makes 1 million right correct okay
0: that is correct once when the company reaches a threshold and yeah and we're talking about the bigger app developers here like once they reach a certain threshold then at that point in time now it's like okay you know you're 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 taking a huge cut and when you're smaller it's like it you know they're not going to cut you from your knees they they want you to get bigger so then we get the service subscription revenue. So here's an interesting thing. Investors like this type of revenue stream. They love it. You wanna know why they love it?
1: Because it's recurring.
0: Yes, so the beautiful thing about recurring is the fact that when all things are kind of like shaky, you have something that supplants you in the midst of everything else. So for example, though that you could be taking a 30% cut from app and media revenues, you know, and you don't, you never know what those revenues could look like for say, for example, these companies, you know, month after month, though that, you know, with trending, you know, with trend analysis, you can kind of get a good idea. But yet at the same token, with service subscriptions, aka recurring revenue, it's a fixed revenue. So you know it's coming every single month. And then, of course, the biggest part, which is your high, so, and then I'll I'll, I'll break it down for you. So, for example, product sales, their high price tech, that's their highest margin item. It's something in which that they live off of. So, for example, the green represents... Premium high-end products and experience, which equals product buyers, and then aka equals product sales, the high price tag. And then if you think about it, an ecosystem of in- interconnected services, equals service subscribers, which is reoccurring revenue. And then access to iPhone, iPad, user base, which tags into the app developers and producers, which aka equals a app and media revenue cut of 30%. So you see how that kind of like goes hand in hand? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Why am I talking about this, right? Why? Because you know. Oh, go ahead.
1: Well, one. Well, first of all, let's just um, just points on like the the visual layout. One pagers armor jam. Two, this has multiple. Um, applications on how to break down a company. But then also what you just said earlier about going into 2023 is going to be about looking at the businesses. So if you can break down a business in this format, then you can know like what is going to be a good investment and what won't be as good of of an investment. And then also for Apple in particular, you can see the moat within the moat on those each of those different sectors or sections rather. So I think that's pretty dope.
0: Correct. So interesting thing, like I I actually discussed something yesterday um, at, you know, the event with Lawrence and, you know, I'm hopefully like, for example, everybody can kind of see where I'm going with this for 2023. You know, I look at everything from an iteration perspective, you know, that's been a part of my lifeblood for quite some time since I literally got, well, since I got serious about being within, you know, the landscape of, you know, startups. And so it's, it's kind of like an agile metho- methodology. You know, a lot of, you know, software developers or software engineers, they understand this hands down always because of the fact that everything is always an iteration. You know, there's a part where you go through the brainstorming phase, and then there's a the part where you go through the design, and then, of course, the testing, and then, of course, you know, Of course, then you go through the production, and then after that you go through again another testing phase, and so many other phases, and then it just repeats, repeats, repeats. And then we have iteration after iteration after iteration. And one of the examples that I spoke about yesterday evening was about Apple. And I asked everybody, like, where are we in the iteration cycle? So I'm gonna give you a quick little, like, you know, masterclass of how is it that I put together my iteration cycles for when I think about investments and moving forward, and this is a good this is a good use for me when I when I start to look at things, um, because of the fact that it, I think that in understanding where you are in the cycle of things and understanding the cycle itself sets up huge so that way you're not having to jump from this to this to this to this to this, to this every single year. Like I've never been the type of person where I want to be reactionary. I've always been the person where I want to just have an idea as it pertains to where we are ultimately going. So let's talk about it so the iteration cycle for me as it pertains or iteration scale i should say so we're going to call it the iteration scale so iteration scale for me goes from one to ten okay one meaning you have to like literally like if you're investing in at iteration uh at the iteration scale of one then that means that you have this profound belief where it's just like okay hey I just want to be in because it's something that's fresh, something that's new that I believe that is disruptive and is going to cause a lot of you know, change and everything else. But at the same token, iteration one always has the highest amounts of risk. So it doesn't matter whether you're a publicly traded company or you're a private company. It's the same because the market is the market and it is made of, pe- of people that all have different bases of opinions and also whether or not they are ready to accept whatever it is that you're pushing forth, whether it's a service or a business. So, here we come into play. So, at iteration number one, it's probably going to be the most scrutinized. Now, of course, it's the most probably talked about, it generates buzz, but at the same token, it's gonna to be like a product review. So, you, you've, we've all watched product reviews, shout out to MKBHD, um, who I would probably say is the best YouTuber when it comes to any type of tech reviews. Now, notice, that, like when we talk about tech reviews, you typically see the good and the bad. And they typically review things that they're excited about right mm-hmm. so let's say that for example we're going to play with everybody in the room today so that way it's like you know we can have a little bit of fun so yesterday i used tesla and google so i won't use either one of those companies today so jolyn mm-hmm. i want you to pick the company that we should play with on the iteration scale
1: okay let's look at nvidia
0: all right perfect so we're going to hold NVIDIA. If somebody, Everybody just put ticker NVDA in the chat so that way I can remember. <laughs> All right. So we talked about level one. Let's talk about iteration five. So iteration five is pretty much, okay, hey, we've gone through these iterations and it's like we've learned from our consumer base or we learned from our customers. We learned from what the market says and essentially we've made it better. By the time when a company makes it to iteration five, they should probably have a solid footing on what is it that they do and what they do very, very well, what they're not doing very well, but yet they can make improvements over the next set of iterations to get there. But yet at the same token, the market is starting to take shape and say, okay, hey, they actually belong here in the space. Like if you want to use use this as an example, think about like where cloud services or cloud cybersecurity services were, let's say three years ago. Nobody really talked about it, though, that we had a lot of hacks and everything else, but yet the market was needing it. And there were services that were already there, but nobody was talking about them. But then as we got more and more where the market needed it more, then essentially we started to see this shift into cybersecurity and cybersecurity services. Same thing that we could say about cloud infrastructure, right? You know, once upon a time, everybody still had file servers that were literally stuck on their machines in their server rooms at their offices that, that would have to be backed up on a hard drive and then moved off site somewhere. And then we went to like places like Dropbox and stuff like that to like store it on the cloud services. And then after that, then we went into like of course you had your Google Docs and Google Drive. But then we went into other spaces, like for example, using, you know, putting applications in the cloud and letting them run off of a cloud service. So that way things could be faster. Thinking about like companies like Netflix putting their films into the cloud space so that way everybody could have access to the same file and watch it with so, with like pretty much low latency but yet at the same token instead of sacrificing quality, quality is still good. That's all running through cloud services. And look at the trajectory of where we come from. If you really think about it, what is that? That's 2008 that they went digital. So we're not that far off, but now we've gotten to a place, which leads me to my next thing, a 10. Iteration point is at 10 means that, okay, hey, you've been around the block a few, a few times now. We already know this. We already know this song and dance. It's kind of like become a cornerstone in your business. And now we're kind of like at the point where it's just like, okay, we get it, but what's next? Now, I'll, I'll mention this. I'll give you one side of the scale, and I'll give you the other side, and I'll start going into NVIDIA. So, on one side, so if we look at iteration one, what would you say is a company that's probably facing an iteration one right now in the chat? Like, if you can, just put it in the chat. What would be a company right now that's facing an iteration one?
1: Let's see what they're saying.
0: This is going to be interesting.
1: Um, someone says Neo. Okay. We have a little bit of a lag of a. We, we do. Have a meta. Hmm.
0: Interesting. I, I can see who's <laughs> who there.
1: So, Pi. Tesla. Zoom.
0: Keep them coming, y'all. TTD, AMC. <laughs> okay. QuantumScape. All right, so as you guys can see that these are a lot of companies that are, like, quote unquote, on the, like, are somewhat innovative, disruptive, whatever that they may be. But one of the ones that stand out, like, that's, and Palantir is one of them, too. But interesting part, the one that's the most polarizing one, let's take Meta. Now... Don't worry. We're still going to get to NVIDIA. (laughs) But if we look at what Meta is right now, like they changed the name of the company from Facebook to Meta to literally supplant themselves to say, okay, hey, we're focused on the Metaverse. The Metaverse represents a one in an iteration scale. Because why? It's something new. It's something fresh. It's something that a lot of folks don't understand. Like when they said, what did WWW stand for? You know, or what is email? (laughs) Can you imagine back in those days when you were watching the show with Katie Kirk and she said, what is email? Still (laughs) hilarious. All right, so we're at that iteration one where it's like, okay, hey, though that we've seen a few devices, there's still a lot of things that people say that could be like big for this company. But yet at the same token, there's a ton of scrutiny there. Now, another side of the cycle, if we were to look at it from a different perspective, what would you all say is probably the... What would you say is iteration 10? Hopefully our moderators are looking at some of the junk that's in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone
1: is saying Apple. We got Ford, Uber, Microsoft.
0: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. notice something what we're saying. So, for example, I'll, I'll keep it simple. And Uncle Charles kind of like scored it. <laughs> Apple. Because the iPhone has been here for forever. It's been around for forever. Like, God. And somebody could say Ford, but yet at the same token, Ford is going through some significant changes, which is ultimately putting it into a new product market space that they know nothing about that brings a lot of risk. When you're at iteration scale 10, iteration scale 10 represents low risk because of the fact is is like, okay, hey, the market kind of like expects it. Just like the market every year expects that iPhone sales are going to reach between 75 billion to roughly $100 billion per quarter, right? And then, so it's, it's kind of like, there's no, <laughs> there, there's, very, there, there's, there's very low expectations there. The bar is, the bar becomes lower, but notice something. The bar becomes lower as you get higher in the iteration scale, but yet at the same token, when you start at, the, at one, the iteration scale, the bar is set really high. So when we get to the five, I would probably place, that's honestly where I would place today's company, NVIDIA. NVIDIA represents a five, and here's why. Because the chip space is going through a, pretty much a new phase. We're getting ready to see something completely different across the entire landscape. We already know about chips as it pertains to PC sales, but yet at the same token, other industries are requiring other chips, other types of chips. We're also starting to see that the chip technology as it pertains to where we are, like if you get the chance to read up on Moore's Law, which was interesting, created like by somebody at Intel, But, you know, that's a whole nother story. Um, Shout outs to uh, Marcus on that one. Um, But when we think about, like, where we are, like, who would have ever thought that you would hear about chips being in cars? Mm. You know, autonomy. We're here now. Like, of course, AI has been around for a minute. But now we're at this point where we're starting to see robotics, Android, quantum computing, those things are going to take a significant amount of, like, chips that are going to have to change. And, I mean, look at, look at like, think about it. The U.S. has had how many years to literally enter into the chip space, right? Like, I mean, think about it. Like, you know, from, let's say, 2012 So over the last 10 years, the U.S. could have actually created its own foundries for yeah, the chip space. But we didn't until just recently.
1: <laughs> Late to the party and... I mean, we're definitely going, as far as innovation goes, we're- Innovation,
0: being, we're good. The problem yeah. is is that our, our innovation is created the, 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 the from the minds of the innovators here, mm-hmm. but the design then, process, the process, but the manufacturing is done not here. <laughs> it's in the hands of somewhere else. And I think that that's where we're starting to see, like, you know, where we're starting to see a change in things, where we're going to start seeing, like, where things around us get smarter, you know? I mean, I'm probably sure that many of you are starting to feel it. You know, think about it like this. If we were thinking about the old guard as it pertains to, like, the GPUs that NVIDIA sells, right? So NVIDIA sells GPUs. That's how they started. That's their, that's their, that's the bones, the soul of the company is literally graphics cards. That's where they, that's where they got going. From a graphics card technology, which is way more powerful than a CPU, they created a CPU from a graphics card chip. Then from there, they went into, you know, AI data centers. And then from there, they took that same all those things in which that they learn, starting from graphical to now getting into cars, which they've been working on with NVIDIA drive technology. But the interesting part about it is now not only can it help it autonomously, but it can also visualize and recreate what the car sees. Which is wild. (laughs) So just think about it. Using vision from a simple chip or a few chips now. So let's say if you have two chips now in a car, one helps you as it pertains to the decision making, all the all the, the decisions that need to be made and everything else, to the second chip that's in the car, which allows it to like literally repicture. Imagine what that does. Like think about it. You won't even need like imagine what Google Maps would look like if you had that type of technology where everything that you did It literally, like when you're using your navigation, it literally shows you exactly where the turn should be made as it pertains to what the building should look like in real time. Mm -hmm. It recreates those images for you, whether on your phone or wherever. Like, And I'm sorry, uh, yeah, it may seem a little bit over your head, but not really, because here's the thing. Just picture exactly where you are. And, you know, honestly... The reason, and to answer your question, since, you know, I don't want you to get lost in the sauce, you said, why is insurance going up then? So that was his question that he pointed at. So why insurance going up then? The reason why insurance is going up is because of the fact that the product, the value of those products are also going up. So the question is, do you does the company eat that cost or do they move that cost over to the consumer? You're easily going to move that cost over the, over to the consumer. Why? Because you know the consumer's going to pay it. Because why? The consumer knows that if their phone breaks or if their phone is stolen, they still want to be covered. So I'll eat the cost of the extra, what is it, $10, $25, the extra cost that goes into it. Like Those are the things in which that we look at as it pertains to like iterations, uh, iteration scale. Like When you start thinking about the iteration scale from 1 to 10, it literally starts to paint a clear picture. You start to see companies completely different from the way that they do business. And then you start to wonder, why is it that those companies that are now starting to get into legal fights with other companies, it really starts to beg the question, either are they trying to break through a ceiling, or that are they trying to break through a ceiling that the old guard has held on to for so long, or have they run out of that innovation and essentially it's like, you know, but revenue's got to stay and everything else, we need to, while we're waiting on our next thing, we need to be pushing something out. It's always an interesting thing that we kind of like look at, so... So it's not reiteration, it's just iteration scale. But thank you, VCN. Um, so I want to give you like, so let's look at it also from a, from a sense of as it pertains to risk, right? So iteration one represents your highest risk. Think about it like a startup. You know, Think about it as if it's a startup, you want to invest in startups, but you're a non-accredited investor, which means that the money that you're going to invest, if you lose it, you'll definitely miss it. Mm-hmm. So let's say that if there is a startup that's like, okay, hey, like at a hybrid, like that's considered high risk. So high risk, high reward, but yet at the same token, can you stomach that risk? Now, when we think about 10 on the iteration scale, that means that, okay, the staying power is there. Think about it. And the reason why I use Apple as that example is because of the fact that look at what happened in this market. If Apple had fell to 129, the S&P 500 would probably be at 3200. Thanks. But it didn't. Why? Why? Because everybody still held on to Apple because of the fact that they trusted it, even with the bad news that we're hearing as it pertains to potentially, you know, five to eight million units being impacted, which is huge. Because when you think about like the cost of like every iPhone, which is about a thousand dollars, that's being like, or let's say a range of eight hundred dollars per device. And then they pocket about roughly, what is it, 45 to 60 percent of that, depending on the cost. That's pretty huge. So when they say that Apple's out here caping for the market, it's caping for the market for a reason because of the fact that it's an iteration scale 10. It's something that, you know, you feel safe there. Now, let's look at iteration five. And this is the part, like, if you've been paying attention to, like, where we're going with this, and for those that, like, paid attention last night, you know, this is just a, you know, a redrawing of, like, if you may have missed it in your notes, but this is for everybody. Iteration five represents that moment where it's like, again, it's that, Make it's like we've already reached that make or break because iteration four is that make or break moment. Iteration five says, okay, hey, we stamped ourselves and we're pretty much on that cusp where everybody's going to start recognizing. So between four and iteration four and iteration five, I tend to find every single time, doesn't have to deal with any type of strategy or anything like that. This is just pure, simple science as it pertains to understanding how businesses work. When you get to iteration four or five, when you start looking at it from an iteration scale and like, really it's take it like, and I'll, I'll show you guys how it's done. So if you think about iteration four and five, those are pretty much what we say that the company is probably getting ready to enter into its golden years. where pretty much, it's going to go for a run. It's going to go for a major innovation run or it's going to go through a major market acceptance run where now everybody starts to realize like, okay, Hey, the market has opened up where the opportunity has presented itself. The business now uh, is supported by the economics. And then boom, now everybody wants to be a part of it. Like literally, that's where we start seeing that, okay, hey, during that moment, and don't get me wrong, when you're in that iteration four and five, they can still be somewhat risky, but the risk isn't at one. But at the same token, when you find yourself at iteration four and five, I always tend to find, especially when we go back and look at moments in time, every time when a company was at iteration four and five, Those were the times when you should have been invested into the company. That was the moment where smart money walked in. So when we always say, follow the money, follow the money, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, if you think about it, look at, you know, pay attention, not only just to BlackRock, but look at other places like Vanguard, look at, you know, the KKRs, the Blackstones, you know, look at all the major funds out there, the money managers, where are they putting 401k money at, you know? They didn't typically find themselves at, at companies that are iteration five to 10. So, you know, if we think about it, you know, so here, well, let me not jump ahead of myself. So let's give a quick little breakdown. I know that we're getting ready to run out of time. So if you think about it, like the iteration scale is based upon when you look at all the services or all the, all the parts of the business and where they currently are, and then you stack those up, and then you take those numbers, and then you average it. Mm. I mean, you can only give them from 1 to 10. And then out of those things, you you put together the average, and then that's where you find out exactly where they are in the innovation side of things. If you want to get even more, if you want to get even more clearer on it, start breaking it down as it pertains to giving a weighting, as it pertains to how much of the business does this represent now versus later on, like over the next five years, how much of the business will it still represent? So, for example, everybody thought that services would eclipse Apple's iPhone business. Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't. And I don't think that it's going to happen for a while. The reason why is because the Apple uh, iPhone is still a high margin item alongside with some of the other things in which it sells. And at the same token, you can't have those services without folks buying iPhones. Thanks. So, again, like, when you kind of like, but now it's like Apple has a new product. So now it's like, We look at Apple now as a 10 right now, but what happens in 2023 when they come out and say, okay, hey, we're now getting ready to compete against companies like Meta and VR or mixed reality with reality OS. Now, does Apple Apple still say a 10 or does Apple now come down to like, let's say it's seven or an eight? Still solid investment, but yet at the same token, it's like, you know, we're like, we don't know what it's going to be. And it's interesting because then you start connecting the other dots because now it's like, okay, hey, you know, people will be like, all right, well, Meta is a company that's on its way out. But at the same token, if Apple is jumping into its space, then doesn't that kind of validate what Meta is doing? So then ultimately, you're going to have to give Meta a whole new number because of the fact that now they jumped into their space. The same way that we saw that companies did the same thing with Tesla when they came out with an EV vehicle and everybody mocked at it. And then now what do we see? Oh, yeah, Ford, GM, Kia, uh, Hyundai, Honda, Honda, uh, and all these other companies, Stellantis, now all are producing EV vehicles. But yet, you 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 devalue what they do. But yet, you're doing the same thing that they do. So, right. <laughs> So now you have to like literally rethink exactly like okay, hey, and this is where I'm telling everybody, like it starts to look completely different when you start looking at the business models and examining the business models as it pertains to where it is. the iteration scale
1: so basically if all next month is going to be iteration skills and that one that one pager I would start with the one pager first and get clear on what the company's layout looks like and Mm -hmm. then do the iteration
0: scale yeah I mean it's huge it's huge Jalen it's really much so huge because you know if you look at if if you want to think about it for everybody out there don't even think about it as it pertains to the revenue model. Just think about every single part of the business as its own business. Start thinking about every single part of the business as its own business. So for Apple, it be, would be devices. So that's all the things there. Then there's services and then there's the app store. Those can technically, technically those can be its own business. Of course, they're interconnected and they rely on each other, but yet think about where the business is and where it's going. Literally that's the homework that I give to each and every single one of you as you look out for 2023 to let's say 2028. Like that's literally the goal. If the S&P 500 is going to get to probably about 7000 points by 2028, how does it get there? Who's going to help it get there? Like it's not like and the crazy part about it is we were just at 40 what 4700 at the top for the S&P 500 and now we set it at about 3900. And this was quite the shaving that we took. Okay, so in just this year, that's where we got to. But now we got 2023, now we got 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, 2028. You know, what do those years look like? And you know what we always say is like after a while, people get bored off of hearing the same stories over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So if, if I could literally give you all, <laughs> if I could literally give you all, like, you know, the best piece of knowledge and advice going into 2023, that right there is probably the best piece that I could ever give you. And the only reason why I know that that's probably one of the best pieces that I could ever give you that I'm gonna have to, I know that I'm gonna have to explain in greater length and detail in 2023, which I have no problem in doing so. Um, But the reason why I know that works is because it it works for entrepreneurs, it works for investors, and honestly, it works in, funny fact, it also works as it pertains to looking at people as well. Where are they as it pertains <laughs> to the iteration cycle as it pertains to their growth? Oh, but that's for a whole nother story. That's a whole nother episode and a whole nother glass of water. Okay. And a cup. It is. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Well, I mean, hopefully this is enough to get you all going or at least to take you mm-hmm. through towards the end of the year. Of course, I also have a surprise, Jolene.
1: Yeah, I like surprises.
0: Because in response to us not being here for the remainder of the year, I don't want to leave our cousins empty-handed. Of course not. Okay. So it. probably you may see, in our place next week, instead of the show, you may see a new pick list hit the streets.
1: Ooh, spicy. It another, is. Mark, another thing to add to this homework, especially since you got a whole month to do this homework, is once you decide what iteration scale like what number the company is on then think about what would knock them down or knock them up what other companies would knock them down or knock them up like when you talked about apple getting into the space and then validating meta for example and then that means you would have to put move meta up start thinking about what other companies have that power like once they intersect what happens
0: can i say one last thing
1: Yeah,
0: go for it. Sometimes the spirit moves me to say this. Okay. okay. And I I mean and I mean no harm, no disrespect towards anybody when I say this. But what I meant by when I said about iteration of people is Mm -hmm. very much so true. Very much so true. We are here to take each and every single one of you on a journey, a knowledge journey. We're not here to like, you know, you know, stay, you know, stagnant or any of those types of things. My goal is to, and, and Jolynn knows this, my goal is to give as much of the knowledge that sits in this brain and put it out there for those in whom which that want to learn and want to understand. I am more than just a trader. I am more than an investor. I am more than an entrepreneur. But for some reason, those three things I do pretty well at. I'm not perfect. I'm not batting a thousand or anything like that. But I do those things pretty well. And my goal is to make sure that, you know, the come-up series is not one-dimensional. That's one thing that you will never find with us here at the come-up series. We are multi-dimensional. And when you think about wealth, that is also wealth. So when you think about, like, you know, where is it that you want to be as it pertains to your learning of knowledge, focus on that going into next year. Think about where the iterations of people are. Think about the iteration of where you are as an individual as an investor, as a trader, or as an entrepreneur. You know, figure those things out, because then it's like it lets you know, like if you're at an iteration one, you're high risk. You're high risk, but yet at the same token, with a lot of high risk, there's also a lot of promise. There's a lot of potential. Consider yourself like potential. You've got the potential, you've got the skill, but yet at the same token, can you apply it? <laughs> can you apply it, can you stay focused, can you execute? All right, if you're iteration four or iteration five, then that means that you've done some things pretty well. Now you got to make that next decision as it pertains to where you go. And, you know, they say you can't, you can't full if you want to soar with wings like eagles, you can't hang around turkeys. So those are the things in which that you got to be, you know, very much so cognizant of. If you're a 10, you know, you know, you got to kind of think about it like, yo, okay, you've been seizing for quite some time now. You know, what's the next, what's the next step in your, in your, in your, in your, uh, what is it? The S scale, what's your next vertical integration that recreates or allows you to redefine, you know, Of course, redefinition comes with risk. Of course, going to an area of growth and scale carries risk. Of course, being new comes with a lot of risk. But the thing is that I want each and every single one of you to know is be confident in who you are, but don't be arrogant. And I want you to be brazen Mm. in the sense of attacking these things with zeal. Like What I mean by attacking, I mean like looking at companies from an iteration scale perspective. Look at self and say, okay, hey, well, these are the things that I do well. These are the things in which that I've been able to validate based upon what the market, whether stock, you know, job or whatever it is, the friends around you, you know, just it's nothing wrong with doing a simple, you know, check to see exactly where you are. And, you know, I I do that like I say that with with the perspective of don't be surprised if you see next year where a lot of folks, you know, they had one trick and now the trick is over and now there's no more magic, you know. That's the part where it's like, okay, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's maybe a sign that you yourself have to evolve and go beyond and look somewhere else or also focus your attention elsewhere. So those are the things that I want you to just be very much so cognizant of, pay attention, and uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday season. It's been an amazing 2022, even with all the craziness and everything else. It's been amazing, you know, because honestly, it's amazing to me because I've never seen a 2022 before. And now I look forward to 2023 because I've never seen that before either, but I'm excited to see what it's all about and what its other mysteries are going to unfold for us. So I hope that you're excited about the next year. I hope that you're excited about ending this year on a positive note. Um, and on top of that, I look forward to seeing all your faces or all your comments <laughs> and chats <laughs> in 2023. And also at the same token, we do expect to possibly you know, pop up a few places in 2023
1: so, hey, hey, stay in traffic
0: yeah so hope you guys enjoyed it I hope that this definitely gave you value to you know your knowledge base and we're going to keep challenging ourselves to keep elevating and keep doing that until next time I'm Mark Monroe
1: and I'm Jill GC in the place to be
0: and this has been the AV, y'all we will see you next year in 2023 but don't worry you got another show that's going to definitely be kicking off next Monday. So enjoy, people. Peace, y'all. Can't get out of this mood. Can't get